0: Good morning, friends. We are the frozen chosen this morning. (laughs) But in all seriousness, I love the imagery of snow because the world is just washed in white and we're reminded that that's what Christ does for us. He gives us a new start. And if he never did another thing for us, that would be enough. He saved us. So we're gonna lift up the song of the redeemed this morning. Would you all stand with me? And let's praise his name together.
1: oh hero of heaven you conquered the grave you free every captive and break every chain oh god you have done great things we dance in your freedom awake and alive for jesus our savior your name lifted high oh god you have done great things Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh God, you have done great things. We dance in your feet, awake and For oh, Jesus our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done great. God above it all Hallelujah God Unshakeable Hallelujah You have done great things Hallelujah God above it all Hallelujah God Unshakeable Hallelujah You done great things, you've done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captain, break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awake and alive, oh, Jesus. You have done great things Oh God, you do great things
0: I just want to speak what that song was just singing. I choose to praise you even in the valleys. I feel like some of you are going through a valley right now. And we love to be on the mountaintops, right? We look forward to the mountaintops with God. I think we all have a few of those who that have marked our time. But it's in the valley where all the growth is. It's in the valley where it's rich and it's lush. And the Lord promises that he'll be with us. And so I'm praying this morning, and I'll pray over you right now, that you would feel an incredible closeness to the Lord right now in this valley, whatever it is that you're facing. I pray that you would feel the Lord incredibly close, and that that would bring a sweetness to this valley season, and that you would be able to lift his name high above all the other names that are trying to take your attention right now, to lift his name higher than the name of anxiety, to lift his name higher than the name of fear, to lift his name higher than the name of doubt, to lift his name higher than whatever it is. You fill in the blank. His name is above all other names. And he longs to encounter you this morning. He says, just give it to me. Give it to me. I'm Lord over all of it and I'm with you. He promises to be with us always to the end of the age. So, Lord, I pray that this morning would just be a holy encounter where we would remember that you haven't left us. The Lord is with you, and we speak his name above all other things. In Jesus' name.
2: hin
3: Thank him. Lord, we receive from you your light and your love. Lord, may we be a church that is like a lighthouse where people will be drawn to you. Not drawn to us, but drawn to you that this church with the love in here, the light that is in here that is your love and your light, Lord, we would draw people to yourself. Lord, may you be glorified. May your kingdom come. What May your will be done in Manitou. We pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Well, this morning, I'm so grateful for all of you being here. I'm I'm grateful for you as well. If you're watching online, I know today's snowstorm kept some people in their houses. But I want to tell you about a ministry that unless you're a high schooler or you know a high schooler, you might not be aware that... New Life Manitou Springs has a high school ministry. We started it in January of this year. It's a new ministry. And uh, we have two staff members part-time that have started that ministry. Taylor, who's in the drums, we keep him caged up in the drums. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I'm trying to honor you. We honor you. And his wife, Allie, is downstairs with the kids ministry. And they spend part-time uh, on Wednesday nights. We call the high school ministry 633. it guess what time it's starts, 6.33 p.m., and it's also named after a verse in Matthew. Matthew 6, chapter 6, verse 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And they've been going through the book of Matthew as high schoolers. And so I just wanted to to tell you about that because some of you might not be aware and to tell you that thank you for continuing to give to this church. If you're watching online or if you're in here, there's different ways to give and your resources, especially those resources that are ongoing and reoccurring, uh, they help us plan for 2024. They help us start new ministries and keep ministries going like our high school ministry. When we launched it in January, there was nothing, Uh, in Manitou for the high school for Christians. There wasn't a Bible study that we could find. There wasn't a meet you at the pool, like they meet you at the flagpole. They had those when I was in high school. Maybe they still have them now. There wasn't one of those in Manitou. There was nothing for Christians or for evangelism in Manitou high school. And we launched this ministry and it's been going really well. We give them pizza or snacks every Wednesday. We play a game. We've been going through the book of Matthew. Uh, One of our students, Devin, whose mom is here, hi, mom of Devin. Uh, Devin's downstairs right now now helping with our uh, kids ministry. He was baptized earlier this year. And so there's just a lot of fruit of this ministry that maybe you're not aware of. So let's pray over this ministry. Let's pray that the Lord would continue to use us like a lighthouse. Lord, we pray to you now. We thank you that, that Lord, you're, you're making us like a lighthouse on a cold, dark day in this world where we can point to you. We we're not pointing to ourselves. We're not receiving the glory. Lord, may you receive all the glory and praise. It's your name that is lifted high. It's your name, Lord. May your name be great. We pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
0: Let's sing this together again. Death could not hold you. Death could
2: not hold you. The veil tore before you. Silence the boast huff sing
0: School is staying up here today, and the rest of you turn and greet one another. We'll be right back up here with the word in just a moment.
3: Good morning, New Life Manitou Springs. Anybody out there? Good morning, New Life Manitou Springs. I really always am impressed that anyone shows up on a day like today where you look outside and it's snowing. Did Wasn't anybody else surprised, like totally surprised by the snow? Yesterday, there was like a little bit of dusting of snow, and I took a picture of it. It was like, oh, our first snow, how cute. Went to sleep not knowing we were going to get hammered with snow overnight. And so I, we did get hammered. It's a lot of snow out there. It's slick out there, so thanks for being here. Hopefully, you drove safely and you're here safely. Uh, praise God for that. Um let's see, today we're going to do something really special, something that I've been looking forward to doing uh, for quite a little while. We're going to be officially still in our sermon series. We're in a sermon series called First Kings, and officially still in it, but unofficially taking a break. And so... Um, if you want, uh, I guess you could turn to First Kings and just kind of be in there, but because we're talking about Elijah, and uh, Elijah, his life and his story have inspired this message. Although we're we're, we're not going to be looking at a specific story per se, we're going to save uh, those specific Elijah stories for for the next sermon. The next upcoming four sermons will be about Elijah specifically. Uh, but I was inspired by Elijah's life. If you know anything about Elijah in the Old Testament. He's a very complex character. He has very high highs and low lows. Like he he calls down fire and fire comes down and the Lord is is all around him. He raises this little boy from the dead. There's miracles of him getting fed by ravens, um, like we mentioned last week. There's wonderful stories of Elijah. Then he has these low lows. And I think anyone reading the text would say this guy's struggling with depression because he, at one point, thinks there's no one else around that believes in God. He says there's no other prophets left. No one else around even believes in God. And that's not true. God has reserved quite a few other prophets and a whole bunch of other believers. But he calls down like this curse upon his own life at one point. And, and those of you reading this are like, that's what depression looks like. He wishes God would take his life. He goes through high highs, low lows. There's people out to get him, people out to kill him. And so the sermon today, I'm going to interview someone who has a very dramatic story. They've been going to this church for, what, three years-ish? They came. They started coming. I'm pretty sure you guys were hiding for quite a while. They came to church. Maybe some of you are like coming to the church. You're just kind of hiding, waiting for, you know, see if you're just checking it out. That's okay. I think you guys hid for a little while. <laughs> they did. They're like, yeah, we did. We hid. Um, but they are missionaries. They, they started a nonprofit uh, missionary organization called Compass 31. In fact, if you're curious to know what's on your seats, that's their ministry, Compass 31 Ministries and uh, it helps people get out of human trafficking. And when I heard that, I said, what's human trafficking? Uh, And some of you are like, oh, don't you know? Yes, I knew. But in my mind, maybe some of you had the same impression that human trafficking has to do with like traffic, like moving people across borders. And it certainly does. That's a part of what human trafficking is. But you can be human trafficked uh, and not go across borders in your own home, in your own state, in your own country, in your own city. Uh, it's it's basically our modern day term, unfortunately, for like human slavery, like someone being held against their will and having to do work or being uh, taken advantage of either sexually, which in this case, Jenny Sue Jenny is going to share her story and that is the case. And so she, she's going to share that sensitive story with all of us today and there's really no like prepping us for, for what we're about to hear. She's going to jump in and dive into her story. And we're talking about this to ultimately, just to let you know where we're going today, uh, if you're watching online as well, we're, we're going to be going into this story, Jenny, Jenny Sue's story, to give glory to God. To, to say that God is sovereign. He's watching over us in our good days and on our bad days. When there's people out to get us as, as Elijah, that that was his case. His story was that people were out to harm him and, and hurt him and destroy him. Yet God had his plan all over Elijah's life. God had his plan all over Jenny Sue's life. And so um, I would love to have Jenny Sue. KJ, would you walk your wife up here? Uh, this is KJ and Jenny Sue. Uh, come on up here, Jenny Sue. I was, um, in, in case you were wondering, uh, KJ has a really nice truck and he was able to get Jenny Sue here. I text, I made the mistake. So I made a mistake this morning. He said, hey, if there's a lot of snow out there. Are you, are you, is your truck going to be able to make it? <laughs> I should have. Like, you don't say that to another man in Colorado. I'm sorry. And so he just didn't respond. It's was like, oh, I offended him. And then finally he did text back and say that we were... <laughs> he said what he say? where is the so
4: much snow we're
3: walking we're walking
4: down i-25 oh my gosh
3: i'm so sorry i offended you so in, in so just don't mess don't mess with kj uh is the point of today's sermon um i'm kidding uh let me uh, let me give you a, a proper introduction. This is Jenny Sue Jessen. Uh, I read her book. She, she's written three books and we're gonna give you all. I think we, we might have enough. You come on a cold, stormy Sunday morning and you get a free book. I think we have 20 books. So I think there's one per household. I think there might be enough uh, for you today. So that's your gift today as you leave her, her third book. But I read her, your, your first book was called The Lucky One and it's Jenny Sue's story. She jumps right into her own life being... Uh, traumatically taken advantage of as a four-year-old little girl, and then throughout her life, and so she's going to share that story, and then a story of coming to God and realizing God loves her and is in control. and And by the end of this morning, I hope and pray you'll be thanking the Lord for His work in Jenny Sue's life as well as your own. So, the first question, um, we'll jump right in. Tell us your story. Pray Let's pray first. You want me to pray for you? All right, Lord, we welcome your spirit. Lord, I pray over Jenny Sue. Lord, may the words of her mouth, the meditations of her heart and, and what she shares today from uh, your story inside of her life. Lord, as a, as a little girl to this moment right now, Lord, I pray for your hand to be here, for us to be your servants, uh, willing to receive what, what you, the spirit, have for us this morning. Lord, we open our hearts to you. We give you all thanks and praise in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
4: Amen. Amen. Uh, good morning, family. You know, usually I speak quite a bit and I don't get nervous. You nervous? You don't I am nervous.
3: nervous. Does she look nervous?
4: I am nervous. Uh, I look in cl- part because y'all are my family. And, you know, it's different when you're with your family instead of in front of a group of strangers. And then I have can honestly say, never been included in a sermon series talking about the prophet Elijah. <laughs> so I am approaching this Sunday with a fair degree of fear and trembling.
3: Look at them. They're, they're, they're just looking at you. They're, there's
4: no reason to be nervous. Um, so thank you for sharing this cold, snowy Sunday morning with us. I'm honored to to share time and space with you. I do have a story of meeting Jesus in the dark. Really, that's the overarching theme of my story. The first time I met him, I was four years old. And perhaps some of you grew up in church and you met Jesus in, in Sunday school or vacation Bible school. That's awesome. Uh, that was not my experience. My experience happened in the midst of a really dark season. So my grandfather worked for a train company called Frisco, and he took me to work one day when I was four years old, and all day long, I was spoiled rotten by all the men working in this train yard, candy and treats, and, you know, I'm the only little kid, blonde pigtails bouncing all over the train yard. And I got to spend most of the day with one man whose job it was to move the train cars from one end of the train yard to the other, kind of like a giant number slidey puzzle, just back and forth. But as a four-year-old little kid, I got to sit on his lap and I got to blow the whistle and I got to drive the train and the power and joy for a four-year-old, it was just a day full of delight. But that afternoon, it was time to leave, so my grandfather put me in the car to take me home And instead of going back to my grandparents' house, we ended up meeting that man in an empty field. And that man gave my grandfather some money, and then he came to take from me what he had paid for. And in a matter of moments, my life turned upside down and inside out. And that's where I met Jesus. That's where I met Jesus. After the unthinkable had happened, my grandfather wrapped me in a blanket and put me in the backseat of the car to take me home. And my grandfather is a, an interesting character, an interesting villain, if you will. Um, besides his perverse love for little girls, he loved old gospel music. And so after this violence had happened, he put me in the backseat of the car and put in a cassette tape. Um of Sandy Patty singing How Great Thou Art. And over the years of my growing up, he would play that song either during the violence or immediately after as a way of ensuring that I would never find freedom in a church or in Christ. And it worked for a long time. I know um, even now that song is super difficult for me. So Pastor Erica will text or call me if that song is gonna be part of the prayer time um, so that I can step out because in my body and my mind that song is intrinsically linked to trauma. But that's where Jesus showed up. He showed up in the back seat of the car, holding me on his lap with such tenderness and mercy, and whispered to me, "I've got you baby, I'm big enough for this and I'm not going to let you go." And he didn't, he didn't. But in, in kindergarten, I was praying every night, Um, instead of, perhaps you've heard the prayer, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Um, I didn't know any rote prayers. My house was not a Christian environment, but I had met Jesus and every night I would get on my knees and I would beg Jesus, just please, please, please don't make me wake up in the morning. Five years old.
3: You were asking the Lord to take your life.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Please don't make me wake up in the morning. Um, In second grade... Eight years old, I sat in my grandfather's church. He wasn't actually an elder or a deacon in his church, which is a whole other thing. Um, but on a Sunday morning, I sat on a wooden pew behind the man who had paid to abuse me the night before. And it was just nearly impossible to grasp freedom or joy or who God is or could be when you're in the midst of ongoing Exploitation, But that, that is the circumstances I grew up um, until God provided for my rescue and escape the day after a failed suicide attempt at the age of 17.
3: Wow. Um, that's, that's very heavy. Um, I don't think the interviewee... If you're the interviewer, I don't think the interviewer is supposed to start crying. Um, but uh, I'm just really broken and, and how you're, you're able, you were able and are able to find faith in the Lord. Tell us about that journey, like finding, how, how did you find the Lord through those circumstances I wrote down? Are okay. you, help me, like help us navigate these challenges. Tell us about the pivotal moments or moment you found your faith that, and recognize that God was with you.
4: Yeah. Well, at the age of 14, a friend invited me to church. And it was not my grandfather's church. Um, this little church in the middle of nowhere, Missouri, um, got invited to a church. And at, on that Sunday, I heard the pastor preach the gospel, like the gospel. We're all lost. The world is fallen. We all need a savior. Jesus is it. He died. The perfect death was resurrected so that we could have eternal life. And when I heard it was Pastor Wayne, when Pastor Wayne, I mean, he was like old time bubble, Bible thumping pastor. And when I heard this message, I was like, oh yeah, that I, I knew sin like in the morrow of my bones, I knew sin and I knew I needed a savior. And when he said it was Jesus, I was like, I know him. Yes, absolutely. Sign me up. Um, that was back in the days, like you had to raise your hand and walk down to the front and kneel at the altar. We could do that. I I did. I did all the things. I did all the things. And, um, that day I was 14 and there absolutely was a spiritual transaction that day. I knew sin. I knew I needed a savior. I believed Jesus was it. And there was that, you know, that spiritual transaction. I was baptized soon after that. However, my exploitation continued. And some of the worst violence I endured happened in the months and years following giving my life to Jesus. And it was really hard to understand or reconcile. I thought either God is all good and he hates what's happening to me, but he's too weak to stop it. Or God is all powerful and he could stop it, but he doesn't care to. And as a 15, 16, 17-year-old who at that time had been suffering ongoing violence for years, you know, 8, 10, 12 years, um, I couldn't reconcile the sovereignty of God. The, he's good or he's powerful, but he can't be both. I thought if he's good, again, the, the very least he could do would just let me die. And I was mad that he didn't. But then at the age of 17, I again had this attempt to escape that failed. And the next day I had an appointment at a clinic and found out I was pregnant. And God used that. I often say God used sin to send a son that saved my life. Clearly his perfect one, Jesus, with grace unimaginable. But then my perfectly imperfect, blue-eyed boy who tore his way into my world uh, my freshman year of university. And in those early years raising him, I wrestled with faith. Like, where is God? Is he good? Is he faithful? Is he loving? And in those, that season, God started showing me that it was because of his presence and his grace and his mercy that I survived, um one thing came like chronologically it was is quite a bit later but for storytelling purposes one of the real transformational points in my life was KJ and I were attending a church and the pastor invited the whole congregation to memorize the book of Ephesians. It's a big one. Not not a few verses, not just a chapter and before you get impressed it's only 6 chapters. Oh, it's not only. like <laughs> Um, but I was the teacher's pet growing up in school, and you give me a challenge, I want the gold star. So of course I dive in. And I didn't get very far before everything that turned upside down when I was four years old started to write itself. Because Ephesians 1.4 says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight, in love He predestined us to be adopted as His own. And when I memorized that verse, Jesus just flooded me with memories of that first day at four years old, and of Him in the back seat of the car, holding me and whispering me to me, "I've got you, I've got you. I'm big enough for this." and, and so that was a really pivotal thing to begin understanding that God's word doesn't say we're not going to suffer. We live in a fallen, broken world. We're going to suffer. But what it promises is that he never leaves us and he never forsakes us. And we have this kind of church idea and, and there's scriptural backing for it that, that God is so holy that he can't allow any sin in his sight, right? Um, and that's, there, there is some scriptural reference for that. However, Jesus... Jesus was kind of himself the prodigal son. Jesus asked for his inheritance and he left the glory of heaven and he came and squandered it in the pig pen in the dark for you and I. And, and that's what Jesus did. He came for me in the dark. Jesus doesn't shy away from our sin. He doesn't shy away from the mus, the muck and the, the mud, and the grit, and the grime, and the blood. He he enters in fully and took it all on in his flesh so that we could be resurrected in him.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think of your life as a survivor and... Um... And that word just doesn't do justice, like you've just survived, but you're you're thriving in in life and ministry. I mean, you're all hearing her story. Many of you, I assume for the first time, like, wow, that's that lady who sits over there. Uh, wow, that's quite a story. It is, and you've survived and not only that you've thrived and you're you have a ministry reaching out and helping other women with uh, human trafficking, and your ministry, Compass 31, and I think your book, "The Lucky One," uh, the uh, the president's wife at the time uh, read the book uh, and was like, "We should put this lady on the what's the U.S. Council for uh, Human Trafficking," and so you've got to be like on the the council for the people who are. Telling the president and other political leaders, like advising them, advisory council, right? Um, so, the question for you is like the Lord's redemption in you and how you're thriving now. Tell us about your ministry and how the Lord has redeemed you and, and that, that this very circular thing where you've survived, thrived, and now you're pouring back into. You
4: know, the amazing thing about God's grace is well, it's all God's grace in and of ourselves, I can do nothing apart from Jesus, right? Like, I can't breathe. I can't come to church. I can't get dressed. I can't do anything without Jesus. But in Jesus, we can do all things. Um, so just to refine your story for, for um, accuracy, it was Ivanka. It was his daughter that read uh, my book. Sorry, <laughs> And um, it was, and I have a really lovely letter from her. Um, And it was the U.S. Advisory Council on Human Trafficking, where a group of survivor leaders are invited to a two-year term. I served a two-year term. And our job was to inform federal counter-trafficking policy. And to do that, we regularly met with the um, senior policy operating group, the policy advisors to the president's cabinet. And that's, that's where that work was. Uh, but aside from that, God, in His grace and mercy, allowed my husband and I in Thailand in 2011 to found an organization called Compass 31. And Compass 31 exists to make Jesus known. Hard stop. We do that by fighting human trafficking with prevention, restoration, and leadership development. And so our we were born July I mean June 14th. 2011, I often say we were born breach because God just dropped this squawking bloody miracle in our lap, essentially, but first we had no plan. We had no funding. We had no facility, no program, Um, but Jesus invited us. He gave us a front row seat to watch redemption unfold again and again. So we started caring for three mama baby sets, teenage girls who were coming out of exploitation, who were pregnant or had babies as a result of the violence against them. And we raised them for eight years. We raised 14 fosters. Um, And God has done beyond what we could ever ask or imagine. So our work has expanded from those first three mama babies to Thailand, Bangladesh, the Middle East, uh, Greece, the US, and then we he allowed us to create a prevention tool, and our human trafficking prevention tool is being used in at-risk areas, both to prevent trafficking and as a bridge to the gospel in 43 nations, and cool. and it's all him doing what, what he does. It's far more than I ever imagined. I mean, in my own strength, I didn't wanna live. I, I tried and failed to escape, but he had a purpose, that he is continuing to fulfill and um, he gives us a front row seat to it.
3: Amen. Amen. There's a question here about hope. I think unless you want to add anything about redemption and your ministry, the question here about hope is what message of hope and encouragement would you like to share with those who may be facing their own difficult challenges and seeking spiritual guidance?
4: Ah, uh, yeah. There, There is hope. There, there, There is. As dark as your story is or may be or has been or will be in the future, there is no darkness that obscures the light of Jesus. And if you ask him, where Jesus, where are you in this mess, he will show you. Past, present, or future, Jesus, where are you in this mess? He will show you because he created you with a purpose. He called you before the creation of the world. He called you to be holy and blameless. Before the creation of the world, you all, like, think about Ephesians 1, 4 for a minute. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted. That means that the eternal one, outside of time, in the time before time, looked forward and and saw me, Jenny Sue, and went, "No, Jenny Sue, that one's mine. She's holy. She's blameless." He just, He saw Ashley, and he saw Abby, and he saw Michelle, and he saw Andrea, and he saw each one of us by name, and he said, "No, this one. She's mine. She's holy. She's blameless. She's chosen." And not only that, but the next chapter in Ephesians says that he created, um, that we are God's masterpiece and he created good works. He prepared good works in advance for us to do. So not only did he call you out in the time before time, before he separated the sky from the land, before he flipped on the lights, he went, No, Pastor Joe, I've got good works for this one he's going to accomplish. Or Pastor Erica. Or KJ. He's, he's had his hand full with good works that he has to accomplish, chasing me around. Um, and so, as dark as it is and hard as it is, we have a Savior who understands. Jesus, He left the glory of heaven for you and for me so that He could bring us home to His daddy.
3: Man, I think of, um, I think the the world of Christianity, like sometimes people see us as like these people who are have it all together or something. And I think there's sometimes our testimony sharing, like someone's sharing their testimony and they're like, I did this, I was bad. And then I found Jesus and now I'm good. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. I'm so happy. And that's, um like this, this happiness that we think we need to put on or like, that's not the gospel. That's not the true hope that Jesus gives. And I think Jenny Sue's story and Elijah's story as well, who's Elijah, this character in the Bible. He's, he has all these great miracles surrounding him. And then he has like the darkest of days where this prophet is asking the Lord to end his life, where he's saying, there's no other believers around. I, everything is hopeless. Why? Where are you, God? Or I think of some of the Psalms. David, King David, the slew Goliath and how, had, was the king of all, all over Israel and uh, has such dark days. Like, why my soul you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Or like he has enemies surrounding him and he wants to hurt them and he wants bad things to happen to them. And the life that we have as Christians, um, we often just brush over like the hard times and the depression and the anxiety. Um, I'm so grateful for Sound Minds, the group Ashley has started that meets uh, on on some Monday nights, second and fourth. And that's, I think, putting our finger onto this is where the gospel... And this is what hope really is, that, that things, things are hard. This life is hard. So that, that question isn't on here. I have one more question, but could you speak to that? Because your story is like, I, I'm looking at the shock that's, that's in the room of like, wow, that's, that's a very traumatic, dark story that, that has like your, your grandfather would bring you to church and then these horrible things. And then you said, wait, the, wait, the people that were buying you were in the church like where, tell us about, tell us about the gospel and hope in the midst of the hardness of our lives.
4: Um, yeah, just winging it off the cuff. Thanks, Pastor Joe.
3: <laughs> just this huge theological <laughs> premise. If you could just answer that question really quickly, I would be <laughs> grateful. in three
4: minutes or less. Um, <sighs> you know, here's, here's the thing. Here's my, my thought. My thought is that if the world was all sunny and perfect, if we all lived in Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, we don't need hope because we have everything. We're safe, we're loved, we're protected, we're fed. We don't need hope. Hope exists because we live in a dark and fallen world and hope is the capacity to connect with our creator the most high god the most high god who knows you by name who knows every number on your of hairs on your head that god loves you and pursues you and chases each of us through the dark He's not, he's not bothered by the sin that we've committed or the sin against us. I mean, not bothered sounds strange. Obviously, we, we are convicted of sin. We're called to holiness. He makes us holy. Um, so he cares about sin, but he doesn't shy away from. He's not surprised. He's not surprised. And he's not rejecting us. Yeah. He's chasing us to call us to glory, to his purpose, and, and, and so that's where hope exists, is in the dark. Yeah. Um, if everything was shiny and perfect, what do we need hope for? Yeah.
3: That's a great answer. Thanks for letting me throw a theological <laughs> question to you off the cuff. Let me get back to the questions we <laughs> talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Stick to the script here. Uh, the rule of prayer. And so here, your newest book, The Threads of Destiny, which you guys could get. It's, it's like a workbook size. It's a, it's a devotional. It, it, uh, is, is for everybody. We have 20 copies, so you're able to take uh, one per household until they're all gone. And then if you're like, hey, I didn't get one, we'll go on Amazon. It's on Amazon, Threads of Destiny. You can buy it. But here's the question for you. Uh, you talk about weaving prayer. In action together to combat trafficking. Can you explain the significance of this concept and how it relates to your journey and your work today?
4: Thank you. Um, yeah, there's this one particular incident that happened in, in the course of my life that really helped me understand the power and purpose of prayer. Several years ago, KJ and I moved up to Woodland Park and we were volunteering for, or not volunteering, working full-time for a mission organization. And we were new to the organization. And so there was a bookkeeper that worked in the organization. And she and I decided to have tea one day because here we are in this small town, new to the town, new to the area, new to the ministry, let's have tea. And as I was having tea with her one day, first time we ever had a conversation, I started feeling this overwhelming sense of the Holy Spirit that I needed to tell her something of my past. But at that time in my life, I didn't talk to anybody about it. KJ didn't know most of the details of my growing up years at that point. But as the afternoon wore on, you know, do you ever have those Holy Spirit moments that you're like, I'm either going to speak or I'm going to puke? Like, it's got to... <laughs> You know, one of those. And so finally I was like, ah, oh, Susan, I don't know why, but I feel like I need to tell you something. And she's like, yeah. And I said, well, when I was little, I was I was abused pretty, pretty traumatically. That's what you were saying? What that, that's what saying? I was saying to Susan. To Susan. And, and she says, uh-huh. And, and so she kind of leaned in and, and offered more. And, you know, I said, my grandfather, he began selling me to other men. And um she's leaning in and she goes, Wait, don't say anymore. She said, um, well, I started telling her about a particular event that I had never spoken out loud. And she said, Wait, stop right there. I know exactly what happened. And she started to tell me the details of this event that I had never spoken out loud. And she said, Here's what happened. It was the summer of 1981, right? That's what Susan says to me. The summer of 1981. I said, yeah. And she said, and you were nine years old. And I said, yes. And she said, that summer, I woke up in the middle of the night having the worst nightmare. And when I woke up, I knew that I knew that I knew that it wasn't a dream, that that was actually unfolding. It was actually happening in real time. And I got on my knees and I started praying for that little girl. And I was so bothered by this nightmare that for days and days I prayed and I prayed. And then as time went on, you know, every week, every few weeks, every few months, I would pray for that little girl because I knew that that was happening. And she said, over the years, you know, time has passed and I I very rarely have thought of that. But just this morning, Holy Spirit brought it to mind and I prayed for that little girl. And she was praying for me. She lived in Texas. I lived in Missouri. I was nine years old. She was a young mom in her mid-20s. We had no connection, but she woke up knowing what I was encountering and prayed for my survival. And um, so that's a pivotal part of the new book that's back there. It is equipping the church to understand human trafficking, but then to use the Lord's Prayer as a model for combating trafficking for praying effectively to intervene. And so it's a 31 day devotional every day with a Bible verse, a devotional thought, but then using the six pieces of the Lord's prayer to pray that Bible verse, to create a more just world.
3: Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Jenny Sue. Wow. Um, I think from here, I'm, with the Lord's Prayer on my mind, like, and, and not knowing what to pray, Jesus says, well, pray these words. Would you stand with me? We're gonna pray the Lord's Prayer, and um, thank you so much, Jenny Sue, for your, yeah, thank you so much. Let's, let's thank the Lord for her, for her story. Would you, um, if you know the Lord's Prayer, we, I think we have it on the, the screens as well. Uh, let's, let's pray these words together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For this is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. With the band, would you come up and communion servers would you also come up? I want to take a minute and and lead us to the table. There's um we do this every Sunday. We we come to the table and we receive from the Lord his his body, his blood shed for us, his body broken for us. And on a morning like this where we we just wonder Lord, where are you? Lord, where, what are you doing in my life and in Jenny Sue's life and our own lives? Lord, where are you? Well, he's here. He, he says that he has come to this world. We, we have a cross at the center of our room to remind us that he came and his life was shed on the cross. Blood was spilled. His body was broken. And our reaction to anything going on in, in our life is to, to receive from him. So we'll come forward and receive. The communion service will say Christ's body and blood for you. Would you receive these elements? And everyone in here, you're, you're invited. If Christ is your Lord, if you want more of him, if he's standing at the door of your life and knocking, and you open the door to him, and would you come down? You're invited to his table. He's inviting you in. If, as you receive these elements, would, would you go back around and just hold them there? I'll come back up and we'll all receive together. But this is the body of Christ for the body of Christ. This is the Lord's Supper for us, those who are in sin, those who come to the Lord and need. This table is open for you. Would you come now? Would you receive?
2: My Jesus, I love you. Thank
3: broken for us. Would you take the bread now and if you have it, would you lift it and thank the Lord for his body broken for us. Oh, we thank you and praise you. Your your life inside of us, it, it is enough. It is hope. It is the gospel and we receive it, hoping and believing that. Would you receive the bread with me? cup, Lord, we lift this cup and remember that you said you have a cup for us, a cup of a new covenant. Your blood shed for us. And so, Lord, we we pray to you. We receive this cup that your blood was shed for us, for our sins. Lord, you, you make it whiter than snow. Psalm 51 says, though our sins were like scarlet, Lord, you make them white as snow. And we're reminded this morning that Everything is new with, with snow, that our sins are forgotten before you. We are washed thoroughly by your blood, and so we receive this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which you receive with me. So, Lord, we thank you. We, we praise you for the fellowship that's in this room, for the stories and the testimonies of your life your blood and your body in each and every one of us. Lord, we're so grateful for you. Jesus, you are our Savior. In you is truth and you is the gospel and our lives turn to you. May we be like a lighthouse in a storm, in a dark world all around us. Lord, allow us to point to you. May your name be glorified, we pray. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, as you uh, hopefully stick around. I mean, the roads are only going to get better, better as you stick around. At the end of this service, you can come forward for prayer. I'll be here, Jenny Sue. I'll ask her to be down here as well. Our prayer team will be down here to pray with you, to to speak hope into your life as you leave. There's there's books on the table back there for you to pick up. A um, couple more announcements. If you're new to church, we have a, a, just right around the corner a guest card. If you want to fill that out, we could put you on our email list, let you know about things. Happening Happening around here, uh, the ministries that we have, or you can do the QR code if that's more convenient to scan that with your code with your phone on, as as you leave, and they're on the backs of the chairs. Uh, this Wednesday is the first Wednesday of November, and so we will be joining New Life North uh, at 6:30. There's a prayer meeting, a one hour prayer meeting with uh, exuberant worship, and we will sing praises. The high school ministry, 6:33, will be carpooling from here going up to New Life north and so I, what we sit in section is it section three-ish five-ish four-ish three two one three ashley says three i'm sure it's three she's usually right we'll sit in section three together at new life north six thirty this wednesday it's i i promise if you come to that one hour prayer meeting you will just be lifted up uh to the lord and go and leave so encouraged it's just like a uh, a, a shot of energy to your prayer life throughout the week. So that's Wednesday In uh, a couple Tuesdays, November 14th. I'm asking everybody, 100% attendance to be right here. November 14th, 630, we are gonna do a live recording of Manitou worship songs. So the band, Erica, has written worship songs for Manitou by Manitou and we're gonna record those and put them on an album, both digital and a CD. So be here November 14th. Uh, if you have a surgery or something tell tell the doctors to to make sure you're done earlier in the day so that you could be here <laughs> I don't know why I said that uh, that's really weird and dark uh women's ministry is here Thursday night six thirty uh go women women's ministry uh right here at six thirty Those are your announcements. Let me pray a blessing over you if you if you're comfortable with you, open up your hands, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks for joining us online. God bless you.